Uh, it's so good to be with y'all, and I know we have thousands of you that are joining us online. Hey, let me just bring everybody up to speed. We are in week four of a five-week series where we are identifying and then defining and unpacking this thing called values, right? Um, those big rocks, uh, like the most important truths that we look to uh, to tell us, first of all, who we are, right? And then second of all, what, why, and how uh, those values drive our lives, because values drive everything. Hopefully personally and individually, and also as a church called Flatters, we're looking at them on two different levels. Who are we and why are we here? What's our mission and our purpose? And I don't have time to go back and like review the last three weeks. I would like to just summarize um, in, a, in a few quick truths and ideas what we've covered over the last month. Um, according to the Bible, which is our authority, all right, we exist, our mission according to what Jesus has demonstrated and then passed on to us, and this applies both individually and as a church, we exist to bring what Jesus says he wants to bring and what he says is available and is possible to the world. He calls that abundant life. We exist to bring Jesus' abundant life to the world. Our message goes like this, is that nobody is too far gone. It's not too late for anybody. Nobody is too, too broken or too sinful uh, to be beyond God's love and the grace and mercy and forgiveness that he is available if you'll just put a little bit of trust and faith in Jesus. Our message to the world is God hasn't given up on you and neither will we. Right? And the best way for that journey of changing any part of our life that needs to be changed is by getting to know who Jesus is, right? Just, I wanna know you more. Uh, and because this is how God has wired us up, um, it's by linking arms together with some other people that we trust who are kind of going in the same direction and pursuing the same destination that we're pursuing. So if you boil all, everything I've, I've talked about and taught about over the last three weeks in here, um, it boils down to this. This church as a unit, but then also each one of us individually, we exist to join God in what he wants to do in this world. We exist to join God in what he wants to do and bring in this world. To put it in a kind of statements, and I, I don't know if people in their living rooms take pictures of the TV, I don't know, feel free to. But anyway, we exist to serve Jesus, that's why we draw breath, all right? And then we also, we exist to serve lost and broken people who don't know what Jesus is actually offering, but he wants them to. Now hold on to that, okay, because it's gonna come up over and over. Now, now, most of that, all right, for most people, all right, sounds like a worthy mission. That sounds, that sounds a positive message, right? And, and even if it feels a little bit risky and intimidating about pursuing that mission in community, linking arms with other people, all right, if that were possible in your life, you go, I would like that, to do that with some other people. It sounds inviting. Here's where it falls apart for a lot of people. And by a lot of people, here's what I mean. I mean church people. Okay, so most of what I'm gonna to say today, I know we have people from you know, the entire gamut of belief system that are, that are listening right now, but most of what I'm gonna to say today, I, I wanna to talk directly to church people, and everybody else is welcome to listen in, all right? Not, not many people would argue that we shouldn't like, take what Jesus says is true and better to people that don't know it yet. Most people would say, yeah, that, that, that sounds reasonable, all right? Mo most people would say, most, not all, but most people would say, yeah, I believe that we are saved by grace through faith and not why, what we do or don't do, all right? Most people can get on board with that. Not many would argue that it would probably be best to try to follow Jesus, linking up with some other people that are trying to follow Jesus rather than try to do it on our own, okay? Most people would say, yeah, that actually makes sense. But when it comes to how we ought to do any of that, the church has been at war with itself since the beginning of time, since the first church in Jerusalem, all right? I'm not talking about what we're offering. I'm talking about all the opinions of church people about how we ought to be offering it. 
Let me, let me put it in church language, all right? I, the, the argument is not uh, about theology, belief in God, or content, all right? Which the Bible has much to say about. You can't argue with that. The argument is all about methodology of how church is supposed to, to look like, which, write this down, the Bible says almost nothing about. It doesn't. Now, now hold on, all right, because I'm gonna take two timeouts here. Before some Christian shoots off some angry email, and you know who you are, right, about, and it gives me a whole bunch of Bible verses about, in this verse, it says that they listen to the teacher teach what Jesus taught, all right? I, I agree with that. In this verse, it says that they pray, I know. In this church, they said that they, they, they practice the Lord's Supper. In this verse, it says that they met house to house. And, and it'd be really hard to find these verses. There's a couple verses in there where they actually sang songs. It's... It wasn't very common, all right? But you can find some, all right? But all those examples are, are there. But aside from the most central thing, like the reason that the church came together, and that was to hear and be taught and encouraged and instructed about what Jesus said was actually true and possible, there is no verse that you can find in the Bible that you can point to and go, and this verse right here says, this is how or where a church service ought to be done. This is what it should look like. This is what it should contain. Which is why, I'm just be real honest with you, I'm not gonna throw a bunch of new Bible verses at you today, all right? And instead, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna apply everything we've covered over the last three weeks to see what it might look like if we applied the verses we've already studied. Today is not Bible light. Don't walk another way. We didn't use much scripture. Yeah, I did, all right? It's Bible applied. We're gonna get really, really practical, okay? So in the Bible, which is our authority, church always centered around two things. When you really, if you read it, especially from this lens, all right? The first one was this. The most important thing was, what did Jesus say was true and possible? That's the main thing that happened there, okay? The second thing that a lot of us miss, but was always present there, was who is the person sitting in front of you and what would be the best way for them to actually hear and understand what Jesus said was true and possible? And you gotta think about it. The greatest compliment given to Jesus by people whenever he taught truth. When, and you can find this in all the biographies of Jesus, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all right? Read it with this, all right? Whenever he taught some, some truth, the best compliment came back in his direction was some version of this. They were amazed that he taught with one who had authority. Like, this dude knows what he's talking about. But here was like the thing that blew their minds. And we can understand what he's talking about, right? He taught... He taught for their benefit. He taught for their benefit. He met them where they were, as they were, before they changed anything, in whatever condition that he, he met them in, all right? And because he loved them, he would, he's just the best teacher ever, all right? I mean, he's, he's the, I wanna teach like him. That's a lofty goal, but here's why. He, because he loved these people so much and wanted to get them, he, he would teach in such a way that nobody else would. They, they call them parables, but what he would say is he would compare eternal, timeless, unknown, or misunderstood spiritual truths that, that had been thrown at them all their life, but they're like, I don't get it. He would, he would take all that stuff and he would compare it to everyday things that they already understood and goes, connected the dots and goes, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you're, you're a farmer, well, God's kind of like this, or you, you, you're a fisherman, right? And, well, God's kind of like this, or, or you, you raise sheep, right, right? Well, God's kind of like a shepherd. And then they all look back at him and going, oh, well, why didn't somebody else say it like that? It's like, because I'm Jesus, all right? So, so the, the best compliment was, hey, you know what you're talking about, and you say it in a way that actually makes sense, right? You follow me that? The greatest criticism, not of Jesus, or there's a list, the greatest criticism to come from Jesus was not to the lost and broken people sitting in front of him. 
We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Tax collectors, those who had turned their backs on everything. Sinners, people who were sexually broken. They were flocking to Jesus to hear what he had to say. No, no, Jesus saved all his words of, of criticism and, and he got heated, like rebuke, all right? He saved that for religious people who had turned faith and religion, and I think it would be safe to bring it 2,000 years into this world and church into something that served them and their own taste and their own preference and their own comfort, comfort with, with little to no regard or concern for those who are on the outside. Religion was slamming the door to the possibility of them ever coming into an intimate relationship with God that Jesus said was actually possible. Jesus wanted them, God wanted them, religion didn't. And so lost and broken people, they haven't changed. You don't go where you're not wanted. It's clear, I don't fit here. And they stayed away. The angriest, the angriest they ever find Jesus in the Bible, he's really famous for the throwing tables around the temple. That's a great story, right? But the angriest you find Jesus in the Bible wasn't you know, when he was around lost and broken people doing lost and broken things. We talked about that last week. Lost and broken people do lost and broken things. That's all they know. It makes sense. No, he called them his friends. He actually wanted to spend more time with them, get closer to them and have them get closer to him. Now, the angriest that you ever see Jesus is towards people who claim to be close to God, like the religious people, and occasionally his own followers, the disciples. I mean, whenever they intentionally or unintentionally got between Jesus and the people that needed him most, Jesus went off, went off, raised his voice, threw furniture around, all right? Jesus was clear, all of this, and he pointed to a temple, and I think you see it right now, he said, all of this, all right, the reason that God sent me, the reason I'm here right now, and the reason I'm starting my church, because it's my church, and that would include Flatirons, the reason I'm starting Flatirons is to seek and save the lost. And to do that, we're gonna do anything that needs to be done for lost and broken people to come close to me. And anything that gets in the way from that, I'm, th I'm throwing it out, it has to go. I have a new favorite saying, it won't make sense, but I like it. The saying is this, does it get us to Japan? You're like, oh, that's deep. What are you talking about? All right, all right, let me explain. I've been, I've been studying some history, all right? Back in World War II, all right, the European uh, theater is kind of winding down and Douglas MacArthur is charged with the Pacific Fleet and his charge is get to Japan and end this war, okay? So for two years, General MacArthur changed up everything right? Everything from how they did boot camp and training of soldiers and sailors to, to they, they changed the ships and the way that they were run. They changed and invented new weapons. They ditched old strategies and they got rid of some old leaders and they brought in some new strategies and some new leaders. And he was always asking the same question, all right? Does that get me to Japan? Does it take me one step closer to fulfilling my mission? If it does, let's do it a lot and if it doesn't, let's throw it overboard, even if it's a good idea. Yeah, that's good. Does it get us to Japan? Then no, we're not doing it. And after two years of that, Japan surrendered. So I've been asking myself, what's our Japan, right? And that leads me into, so we've been in our, our values. I think my, our fourth value gets us there. Look, look at this, all right? It, we call it excellent environments, and, and it simply means this. We are creating... We're not saving anybody, all right? We're creating environments and opportunities as well as removing obstacles, weird religious stuff. Why would you do that? So that lost and broken people can bump into Jesus and experience Jesus for themselves. We're trying to create some space so that they can hear from him, like what he's really like. 
Not what they learned about him when they were a kid or got shoved down their throat. I want to spend some time with him. I wonder what he's really like. What did he say was true about God, about, about me, about what's, what's possible? If they were to take just one step, one step of faith towards Jesus, that's our Japan. Getting lost and broken people in front of Jesus so that he can do what only he can do. I just want to get you in the room together. We may do, we may do a lot of things at Flatirons, but if we do any and everything else, but we don't do that, First and foremost, if does it get us to Japan, isn't that first filter that we run everything through and that we spend all of our time and talent and treasure on, then we are off mission and we're failing our commander, the Lord Jesus Christ, and what he has commissioned and trusted us to do, which is take his awesome life to a lost and broken people living in a lost and broken world. You follow me? So using Japan as a metaphor for lost and broken people, right? If we were on mission, and this is gonna apply personally in just a minute, so hang on, all right? Our first questions are these. This makes sense. What does Japan even need? Okay, and let me just change it up and we'll get rid of the metaphor. What, what do the lost and broken people in your life who are trying to figure out life on their own without God, without what is really, really true, what do they, what do they actually need? Not what do you think they need, what do they need? What are the questions that lost and broken people are asking? rather than what we're trying to impose on them. What's the language that lost and broken people understand? And do we speak that language? Or are we just expecting them to learn our church language, right? You ever been to a party and, and everybody's speaking another language? I've, I've traveled overseas. I'm the only person, I'm just going, I don't fit here. It's very obvious. And nobody's making any attempt to come my direction. Do we want to get to Japan? Do we want to get to lost and broken people because we want to invade it and conquer it and destroy it? We want to show them that we're right and they're wrong, we're good and they're bad. We want... Is the purpose of taking the awesome life of Christ to people to win an argument? Because it seems like Christians are really like, I'll talk you down until you believe in Jesus. Nobody's come to Jesus because they lost a fight. Or maybe, do we, do we want to take something beautiful to the world? Something awesome that someone else, someplace in our life, brought to us. Do we, we want them to know Jesus because we know Jesus and we love them because Jesus loves us and loves them. They just don't know it yet. We got it. I love you, I want you to have it too. Now again, time out, Christians, all right? For any Christian emails, and you say, okay, yeah, but, but what about us? What about my needs and my favorite songs and, and, and what I want church to be? Listen, that's fair, that's fair. I don't mean to belittle that much, but what, what, <laughs> what we, you, what you, I'm talking to Christians. What you need and what you want, it's important. And you're gonna get your needs met. But, but the reason that any general, MacArthur or our king named Jesus, called together and launched, and I'm gonna call it what it is, an army, wasn't so that we'd all like stay on base and, and huddle in the barracks making sure that everybody feels good, everybody has everything they want, everything they need, everybody, everybody feel good, everybody feel safe, everybody feel, feel happy, no. No, Jesus called us and commissioned us to be his army that would take ground. And for the record, the most fired up Christians I've ever met in my life, the happiest Christians I've ever met in my life are not the Christians who are part of 12 Bible studies a week and have 50 verses to give and throw in your face every time you bring up some subject or some problem. Well, what Jesus said, what Moses said, ah, right? You're right, it's just not helpful. The happiest, most contented, on-fire Christians I've ever met in my life is the Christian that's out there in the world, up to his neck, in a battle, praying for and fighting to see somebody that he or she loves come to know Jesus that they have bumped into, and now they know, if I can just get you in a room with Jesus, you'll be saved. 
See, this is how Jesus described his church to Peter. Over the last month and a year, we've been tracking the kind of the, the journey of this guy named Peter from, from I don't know who I am to becoming this person that we, we're gonna find right here. So this, we kind of picked this up on the day that Jesus and Peter are walking down the road. They're having a conversation about all the rumors about Jesus. They're circulating out there. And finally, it kind of clicks in, in Peter's head and Jesus asks him this question. He says, well, what about you, Peter? Well, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, I, I know this, you're the Messiah. You're the one that can connect me back to God. You're, you're the one that, that, that came from God to, 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 to do what nobody else could do, all right? You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. You didn't just figure this out. I mean, something supernatural is going on in your heart, right? But this was revealed to you, not by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, that you are Peter, and on this rock, and he's not talking about Peter, he's talking about the statement that Peter just made, right? That you're the Christ, the, the Son of God. I'm gonna build my church on that truth, and the gates of hell will not, Hades, death, hell, right, will not overcome it. Jesus is saying, I'm gonna build my church, pronoun, my church, and I'm gonna lead it, and I'm gonna march right up to the gates of hell, and I'm gonna kick him in, and I'm gonna take back what sin and death have stolen. I want it back. And that's aggressive. That's not kumbaya, my Lord. This, this, is, this is aggressive, let's, let's, let's go out. That's active, that's move out and invade and take new or take back lost territory in people's lives. That's where going to Japan. So how do we know if we're doing that? Well, if MacArthur's filter was about everything was, does it get into Japan? I was trying to figure out how I could articulate what, what's our filter. Individually and then uh, as a church called Flatterance, and I came up with two, two statements, I think, get us there, right? Number one is, whatever we do is for his glory, followed by, and for their benefit. For his glory, for their benefit, right? Let's just say that together. All over the world, join in, but this room, join in with me. One, two, three, for his glory, for their benefit. Let me, let me explain it, okay? Over and over in the Bible, we are told, and there's just hundreds of examples of this, that whatever we do, Right? Do it in such a way that it benefits those who don't know God yet, and do it in a way that God gets all the credit and the glory. Right? Here, here's a couple of examples. This one's from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus just said, like, you don't hide a light under a bowl and all this kind of stuff. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Others. Who, what others are we talking about? Them. People who are far from God. People who are going, I'm trying to find a light. Let your light shine before them, others, that they may see your good deeds, and there it is, glorify, not you, glorify your Father in heaven. Do this for others, and the result is you glorify your Father in heaven. You live your life in such a way that people far from God will see what you're doing. And not say you're awesome, but they'll be attracted to God that you're reflecting, right? This is how Paul writes it. He says this, uh, and, and I'll tell you what comes before this in a minute, but he says all of this, and all, this is this, okay? All of this is for your, there it is, benefit. Not mine, I'm good. If I die tonight, I'm a Jesus, all right? I'm fine, all right? All of this is not for me. All of this is for your benefit. Why? So that the grace, that free gift of forgiveness that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving in them to overflow, flow, why? To the glory of God. There it is again. In context, what Paul is explaining right before this is this. Here's the journey. Somebody in the past believed and then they told me about it. 
which led me to believing, which is why I'm talking to you, because I love you. Because what Jesus has done for me, for your benefit, I gotta talk to you. I gotta share this with you, which is how more and more people are experiencing grace and thanksgiving to the glory of God the Father. Make sense? So, so in the church, whatever we do must serve two ends, all right? And it has to serve both ends. It's not choose one or the other. We wanna be this kind of church or we, or we wanna be this one, all right? It, it must include both. For his glory, for their benefit. And the, and the desired result of this whole thing, really famous chapter in the Bible, says if, if we can figure that out and do things for his glory and for other people's benefits, whatever that costs us, therefore God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee, all the thems, all the people of the world should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue, the tongue of every person on the planet, all the people that are far from God, the goal is that one day they'll acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord and what's the result? To the glory of God the Father. God gets all the glory when people that he loves meet Jesus and then a day comes when they bow before him and go, I really think you're Lord and Savior. Will you save me? And they're saved and then it's their benefit. He gets the glory and we get the benefit. So how are we, how are we gonna do that, Flatterns? I mean, it's a jacked up world. Can I get an amen, right, right? In a world that's changing, right? We can't even meet physically together in buildings. A COVID-19 world, and so, so how, how are we gonna accomplish all that? I'm not sure. I, I don't have it figured out yet, do you? I, I, I am sure of a couple of things. I, I do believe that COVID did not catch God off guard and he's in heaven wringing his hands going, I had a plan for the church, but it's going down the toilet because of coronavirus and culture is so jacked up now. I don't, think he's, I don't think he's freaking out, I don't. I actually believe, and this will probably get me in trouble, I'm not saying that God's responsible for corona, so don't write me that email, all right? I, because God works all things for good, I believe it's very possible that God could be dismantling some things, certain ways and methodologies that his church has fallen into and leaned on and taken for granted in the past, and the only reason he would allow that dismantling to actually happen is because he wants to build something new and better. I do believe that. Same message, but the methodology, the excellent environment has to change because the world's different. Now again, in the past, whenever I you know, teach on excellent environments, um, this is where I would typically say, okay, let me explain why we do what we do. This is why we play the kind of music we play, all right? This is why we play it as loud as we play it. This is why, why we teach the way that we teach. This is why we dress the way that we dress. This is why we do kids' ministry the way we do kids' ministry. This is why we launch campuses. This is why buildings look the way that they look. But I'm not gonna do it this time, okay? For a couple reasons. First of all, you know, ne next week I am, during part of my talk, I'm gonna be explaining our plans for reopening our physical campuses around the Denver area. But please hear this, all right? It will be different, right? It will not be business as usual because the world is not business as usual and people aren't business as usual. It will be different. It will be excellent. How do you know it'll be excellent? Because when we open our doors, right, we will run everything through that filter. It will be for his glory and for their benefit. Said so that from day one, right? We're gonna glorify God and we're gonna take care of people. And as long as we hang on to that, whatever future environments look like, feel like, sound like, 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 like the, the Japan, the mission to bring the life of Jesus offers to lost and broken people, we're gonna be okay if everything we do is for his glory and for their benefit. Follow me? Our staff has spent a lot of hours over the last several months 
And, I, and I've been hanging out with some different pastors uh, from churches kind of like Flatirons around the country. And anytime we're in a conversation, especially with pastors, right, um, the question comes up like, so when are you gonna open? When are you going to, and what's it gonna look like? Have, have you thought about what the church looks like for the future? And we all look at each other and we try to act smart and then it becomes really, really apparent, no, we don't know. Nobody has the answer. And if anybody says, I, I have the answer about what church ought to do, you should just walk away, all right? We all agreed on this though, it will be different. Here's the interesting thing is back in January before COVID came and screwed everything up, um, I took about 15 of our staff away on an offsite retreat to do, just to, to pray and hear from God and plan for the future. And it was obvious in that room on both days of the retreat that everybody in, the, on the, in my team was united on two things, all right? First of all, we want to continue to be even more a place for lost and broken people to, break, to bump into Jesus. We were hands in the middle. Let's, let's go after that, right? The second thing we all agreed on, and it kind of got scary at that point, we all agreed that to reach the next generation, like the future wave of people that call Jesus Lord and Savior and maybe call Flatirons, that's my church, it wouldn't be done the way we've done it in the past. It wouldn't be done simply by building buildings and then filling butts and seats. It would be something else. Same message, different delivery system. Same goal, for his glory, for their benefit. For their benefit. And see, this is what staff had to get their arms around and this is what we all have to get our arms around. Their benefit, to be clear, is not our wants. Not what, what, what we wish church looked like, not our preferences, not our comfort level, because my staff is really good at what they do, and once you're good at something that you do, you don't wanna change it, because you're good at it, right? No, we had to set all that aside. Their, their benefit meant people who aren't here yet. People who may never sit in one of our buildings, which is most of the people watching online. People who are searching for, but aren't yet connected to Jesus, but they might be, they could be, if we, we continue to listen to God as to what he's up to and what he's building or rebuilding in his church. Now I said this uh, you know, in, in all through these, these series, all these values apply to us as a church, but also to us personally. So before I close, I'm, I'm gonna ask something. I'm gonna spend a little bit of time on it because it's so dang convicting, right? First question is this, are you, would you say that you're living your life in a way that is for his glory? It, it, It has to start with us. You look back over the last seven days. Can you look back and go, yeah, the way I live my life somehow shined a light on Jesus. Just take a look at it. The the following question is this, would you say that you're living your life in a way that is for their benefit? Every mom in the room is going, that's all I do, right? Um, I'm saying somebody that God loves and they're in front of you, have. Have, have we, and I have to look in the mirror for myself, so I'm not pointing fingers. Did I do anything that went out of my way that might benefit them? Let's get off that, way too convicting. All right, so let, let me close with this. I, I, I don't know much, I know a couple things for sure. The first one is this, if we continue, continue to seek and listen to God, he will show us the way. He will show us what he wants for each of us personally and what he wants for his church to look like in the future to reach lost and broken people that he loves and that he wants back. I think the key is we have to listen well to God. The second thing is this, is that I need, I need everyone who calls flat arms, like that's my church. And there's, an ask is coming, just so you know, all right? I need you to either step in for the first time or step in deeper in a few areas of, 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 of what we need. The first one is, we need to step it up in prayer. 
Friend, we all pray, pray for meal, pray for, you know, whatever, pray when stuff bad, right? I, I'm gonna be selfish on this one. I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for my team, for my leaders, for my staff, right? Well, what, what are you praying? Well, first of all, that we would continue to hear from God even more, that we make, we're doing the wisest decisions that we, we can, but we need to make even wiser decisions and never turn away from, from the mission that Jesus has sent us on. I'm, I'm gonna even be more bold. I'm gonna ask you, would you pray protection for me and our, my staff? What do you mean? For their health? For their families? Right, because and I, I believe, and I've already seen it, and I've experienced, all right? And if you see staff in the room, they're probably nodding their heads, all right? But when you take a stand and go, I'm gonna kick in the gates of hell, you get attacked, right? You've, you've, you've experienced it on your own, right? You get in your physical, in your emotional life, in your marriage, in, in, in your family, it's already happening, I've seen it. Please pray for the leaders of your church. We pray for you all the time. So let's step it up in prayer. Um, we need to step it up in, in leveraging our time and our, and our talents, all right? And when, I, when you see the word time, and you're like, ugh, I don't have time. Nobody has time, all right? I've seen some of you look at your watch going, wrap it up, buddy, I got dinner, right? Or so whatever, all right? Listen, I, I, I get it. Even when jobs, you know, or schools or sports get all shut down, you know, um, there's never enough time. But what, you do have some time, and you have some ability. And I think it's really, really important that at this crucial kind of crux in the road, that, that we prioritize our, our time and our talent different. Meaning this, we, we, need to, we need to be in God's word more. We talked about that on week one. God does something in our lives and our hearts when we're reading some stories of Jesus that we go, ah, oh, it makes sense, all right? We need to read it. You know what? Really, groups are launching right now, all, you know, locally, but online, around the world. Get in a group, why? For your benefit, and you have something to offer somebody else. For, for their benefit. I wanna to talk to parents that you would continue to get our online kids curriculum. It's awesome. You can't meet in our kids ministry buildings anywhere, but you still have to spiritually lead your children and we'll, we'll resource you all, all that we can. We need to step up in a lot of areas. Maybe God's telling you your own right now. You know, you know back at the beginning of COVID, I'm gonna watch all these heads nod, right, around the world, right? I had all these great plans now that I have all this margin in my life, you, right, right? I was gonna, I was gonna learn guitar, um, I was gonna learn Spanish, all right? And I even have bagpipes. I've talked about this before. I was finally gonna break them out. You know, all right, all right, all right. And you know what? I haven't done any of it. I told myself several times over the last seven, eight months, yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get to that, and I haven't. And I think that is like this, right? If we wanna be better followers of God and hear God's direction better in our lives in the future, we have to carve out Time. We have to change the way we spend time. Here's, here's the last one that, 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 that we all need to kind of step up in, and that, is, and that is leveraging whatever treasure we have. And I'm not gonna spend a bunch of time on this, but I'm just gonna be honest with you. We all know how the world works. And Flatirons is no different. Like all organizations, Flatirons and the place you work and your home doesn't run on magic Jesus fairy dust, right? It, it, takes, it takes money, utility bills, payroll, insurance, all right? What I'm doing right now, all right, with all these cameras, lights, it's being pumped out across the world. Guess what? Not free. It's not, it all costs money. We've talked to some of our vendors and none of them will accept prayer as payment. Rather than pay the light bill, can I pray for you? No, all right, all right? Now, I, listen, when I talk about money, I, I'm, not, I'm not up here whining. 
like some other pastors do. We're in a, the sky is falling. We're in a financial crisis. I'm gonna be honest with you. No, we're not. I mean, giving's down, but everything's down. It just absolutely makes sense, all right? It's not down so much that we can't adjust, all right? When I say we need to step into our giving, I'm not saying let's rescue the place. I'm talking about this. What if we begin to, as we can, give more so that we can do new things in new ways to reach lost and broken people that nobody's even thought about yet? That gets my heart beating different, all right? I, I want God, I, I pray this prayer regularly now. I want God to use flatterns to figure that out. And when, if we can figure some of it out, we could serve the whole kingdom across the world. If we, we're still doing great ministry. We're supporting all of our local and international partners. And we're spending a tremendous amount of energy uh, and time trying to hear from God and pray, pay, pay attention to, to, to culture so that we actually know what an excellent environment looks like moving forward. And all that takes money. Where does that money come from? People who understand that the, who have benefited from what God has done in their own lives through flat irons, and they wanna glorify God by seeing the same benefit for others. So without apology, I've raised money for a lot of organizations, locally, I've raised money for cancer, for, for pro-life, I've, I've raised money for all these things, you know? Um, I think the local church is the most important thing, so without apology, I'm gonna ask you to increase giving your gift if you can do that, right? But time out, I don't wanna talk to these people, I wanna talk to, I wanna talk to people that are, are listening online around the world. And the truth is, just because of geography, you will probably never sit in an official Flatirons building, but you'd still say this is your church. Would you consider beginning to commit to regularly give online? How much? I don't know, it's between you and God, you gotta work that out. How about this, according to the value and the benefit of what God is doing in your life through Flatirons? And just partner with us so that even more people can reap the same benefit. And yeah, I, I don't know how this looks on your TV. There's a button. I'm hoping they'll put a button there. <laughs> All right. Uh, or you can get on our app and you go, hey, I wanna, I wanna start giving. It's really, really, really simple. I need that in just a minute, okay? I'm done with that. Take a breath. Um, I wanna go to Japan. Let me say it better. I want us to go to Japan. I wanna go with you. Right? Do you wanna go? And then let's, then let's think arm to together and do everything that we know to do and throw out any and everything that's just in the way and let's run after it. But before we can do it as a church, each of us has to begin to do it as a follower of Jesus. And so there's two questions up there I want you to wrestle through going, hey, what does my week look like? And who's it for? Right? One last story and then we're gonna close the song here. So I have, I don't wanna call it a vision, that just sounds like, too much accountability. So I had this thought, okay? Um, uh, dream, whatever you call it. I had this vision that, um, that there's a meeting somewhere with the smartest minds in the world, Silicon Valley or wherever, okay? Wherever the smartest people are all gathered. I've never been invited to that meeting, but anyway. But they're in a meeting and they're forming the future because that's what they do, right? And there's a board meeting and then one of them goes, okay, I have a presentation to make and I'm gonna put something on the screen. Full disclosure, it's a church. But they have figured out something that nobody's been able to figure out to reach, to reach a, a group, a demographic, a section, a people, whatever, that nobody else has been able to crack. And then they roll tape. I want, I want God to use us so that we can serve the whole kingdom. And I wanna do it with you. So let's pray and, uh, and then we'll, we'll worship together. God, um, if I'm created in your image and we're 
we're the same on some levels. When I hear something that's really exciting, my heart beats fast. And God, I just wonder if right now, is your heart beating fast because you're looking at us going, yes, finally, somebody is paying attention. This is what I had in mind. And we're gonna link arms with you and we are gonna go and we're gonna kick down the gates of hell. We're gonna take back people you love that are just hurting and lost and broken. They just don't know about this better way called, called Jesus. And, and God, if it, would, it would be such an honor if you would allow us to partner with you to reach people that you love. I'm, I, I want to be that kind of person. I wanna be that kind of man. I wanna be that kind of leader. Oh, but God, it's, it feels like almost too much to ask. What if there are a bunch of us linking arms as a community called your church and said, hey, the gates of hell will not stop us until our dying breath, everything will be for your glory and for their benefit. I hope, God, your heart beats fast for that because mine is right now. Uh, change is scary because it's unknown and so we have to just do it by faith. But here's what I know is that You've got this, and you're not afraid. And just like you did in my life, you, you made me new. You make all things new. And you're gonna do that in your church because you love people. We worship you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.